Can you give the Lord a hand this morning? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Can you stand up? We're going to worship the Lord today. Amen. It's been a wonderful week. It's been a different week, but you know what? We're alive and we're here this morning. And I believe that we can uh, magnify him and lift him up. And I believe we're going to feel his presence today. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, his love is enduring forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord.
just faithful? And you know, sometimes we think it's just being faithful in the good times and when things are going good and when we get our healing and our prayers answered immediately. But how many knows that God is faithful? He is good all the time to us. Can you say God is good? He is good all the time. We're going to do a new song, and you've probably heard it, but it's just simply called The Goodness of the Lord. And this morning, I want you to sing it as unto Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. We magnify you today, Jesus. You are mighty. You are worthy. We love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been
just do it completely, no music. so good to that he's brought you through one trial after another trial after one difficulty through another difficulty we have people standing in here today that just last year God brought them literally back to life two people in here this morning God has been so good you know some of us have lost loved ones this past year And God was faithful. Been in the hospital and God has been faithful. We all all have our own story. Maybe we've lost a spouse and God has been faithful. We all, Sister Tina, have our own story, Brother Brock, of how God has been so faithful to us. Let's sing that a cappella one time again. And I want you to close your eyes and I just want you to throw your hands up in the air. And and I just want us to worship Him. Let's sing that a cappella. Let's sing it all together. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Oh, hallelujah. Of the goodness of God. All right, let's have the music one more time. All my life.
Hallelujah. Has God been good to you this week? Has God been good to you this week? Amen. Praise the Lord. The coming of the Lord is near. I know I was talking to Brother, I was talking to Brother Jim a couple, I don't know, I think when all this started off. And, you know, he made a statement that's just kind of hung with me. He said, we don't know we're not going towards the end. He said, we don't know that we're not moving. We all know we're moving that, that way, but who's to say it's just going to make a turnaround and go back to good? We don't know, church, and uh, we want to be ready. Whatever happens, I want to be ready. Can you say amen? I want to be prepared for the coming of uh, the Lord, and let's say a big amen to that. Amen? Praise the Lord. I want to talk just for a few minutes. i got about 20 minutes. To, uh, I, I know we said the service would be about... Uh, 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or hour and a half, two hours. So anyway, I'm gonna, uh, I want to talk this morning about bringing the presence of God back to our life. Bringing the presence of God back to our individual life, back to our homes, uh, back to our communities, uh, back to our families. We're living in chaotic times. We're living in troubled times. We're living where the news media is just tearing and, and, and ripping everything apart. Uh, we see the news media as they work, they're actually tearing our country ap apart. Uh, families are against each other like never before. You still see families suing each other and just families are just disrespecting each other. We're, we're living in times like I've never experienced before. Um, all the killing and, uh, and, and all the, the, the shooting and tearing up buildings and all the racism and uh, just it's it's chaotic right now in our world and in our and in our nation, and we need to bring back the presence of God in our life. Now I'm talking about us Christians too, church. We need to bring the presence of God back in to our life. God warns us and has warned us. From generation to generation, all the way back to Adam, about forgetting who he was and what he has done for us. God warned us chapter after chapter, verse after verse, has warned us about forgetting him and putting him to the side and living our own life in the way we want to live and putting him over in the corner somewhere, God warned us about that United States of America. One of the reasons that Israel, the children of Israel, uh, crossed the Red Sea 
and moved into the wilderness. One reason that they stayed in the wilderness, Sister Tina, was that they forgot about God. God had did something great for them, sir, but then they leave the comfort of how God had moved and brought them out of slavery, did this great miracle of bringing them across the Red Sea, and now they think they got it all together. And they, as they have, excuse me, forgot about God, forgot about coming out of slavery, they had forgot about the great miracle that God had brought them through. And now they think they can make it on their own. So now we see them seated in the wilderness for 40 years for forgetting who God really was. If there's one thing that I believe America has done, I believe that we truly have forgotten who God is and what God has done for you, the United States of America. And we as a nation, as forgetting who God is and what He has done is now costing us America. I believe we've forgotten God as, as, as families. Uh, we've forgotten God as of school systems. We've forgotten God even as a, a, a church at times. And because we have forgotten God, we are now, I believe, uh, paying some price for that. Oh, we thought taking prayer out of schools, uh, that'll, that'll be a good thing. We, uh, you know, it's okay to kill, uh, kill millions of babies and, oh, we'll just float along with our own system. But America, you woke up God. He wasn't really asleep, but you know he's awake now. Jeremiah 3, 21 put it this way. A voice was heard upon the high places, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel. The children of Israel saying, now I understand, Pastor John, that we have forgotten God. So now we're coming back to weeping and supplication before God. For they have perverted their way and they have forgotten their God. It was a scene of Israel's idolatry. They had been serving other gods and they had been worshiping other gods and it was the scene of perversion to the max. If you think of the worst uh, word when it comes to perversion, Israel by serving other gods had came to that point. And church, it's time for it's time for you, it's time for me, it's time for the nation, it's time for our world to bring the presence of God back into our life. And I want to say it's time to bring the presence of God back into our churches. It's time to, to bring the presence of God back to the house of God. I've said this before and I'll say this again. Nobody, I think, loves multimedia any more than me. 
I love the flashing lights, the loud music, and I, I love it all, and that's all good and fine, but that does not usher in the presence of God. We can have it all as a church. We can have more money than we know what to do with. We can, we can, have, we can build another, we can build a life center over here. We can do all the natural things that we have. But if we do not have the presence of God, it's all in vain. Paul knew this when he was talking to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church, they had gave their life to Christ. But they hadn't separated themselves from the world. I've seen so many times, and I'll reflect on this again. I've seen so many people walk to these altars and walk right out the door and live the same lifestyle that they lived when they walked in the door. Brother Wayne's brother preached a message one, here, one time here at the church between the altar and the door. They lost it. And the Corinthian church was like this. Paul penned this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 1 through 3. He said, brothers and sisters, which tells me they were saved. He says, brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit. He said, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. He said, I gave you milk, I couldn't give you solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. He said, you gave your life to Christ, but Paul said, I've seen you, Corinthian church, still living like the world for a long period of time. And he said when I came through you were living like this. And when I came back through to visit the church you were still living like that. May I pinpoint how many times here at our local church. Have we had the Holy Spirit of interpretation of tongues. Telling our church. Church it's time to clean up our lives. To walk back out later to heal the Holy Spirit reflect that again in our life to walk back out and hear the Holy Spirit speak that again to our life as Paul was telling the Corinthian church I was I've been here and then I've came back and you're still living the same way you were he said in verse 3 you're still worldly Paul said, for since there is jealousy, gossip, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the love of money, self-pity, harboring grudges, nursing your offenses, being uh, resentful to others, being disrespectful to those in authority, lying prideful, challenging every word spoken in your presence, fighting among you, you're not acting like Christians, meaning you're not living by the Spirit. Paul was telling the Corinthian church, you've got to walk out of carnality and invite the presence of God back into your life. I wonder in 2020 if we're not there. What is God trying to say? As Christians, we've got to love what God loves. 
We've got to hate what God hates. It's not about Democrats. Much as we might want to think. It's not about Republicans. It's not about the independent. It's not about the Methodists. It's not about the Baptists. It's not about the Presbyterians. It's not about the Pentecostals. It's about God. And it's about Him and Him only. And it's about His way and His way only. I'm going to give you three quick things that I felt like the Lord gave me out of this passage of Scripture. David is making a statement when he says, I am bringing the Ark of the Covenant back in 2 Samuel. The Ark of the Covenant at this time was not in Israel. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. Jerusalem, called the city of David, was falling apart. David's family was falling apart. And David's life was falling apart. And David knew he had to get the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, it reads like this. Then David again gathered all the elite troops of Israel, 30,000 in all. He led them to Judea to bring back the ark of God, to bring back the presence of God, which bears the name of the Lord's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. David is making a statement. I've got to first, number one, if you're taking notes, I've got to bring the presence of God back to my own individual life. I've got to have the presence of God in my life. I've got, got to have the presence of God in my own life, David said. Psalms chapter 51, 10 and 12, uh, David penned it like this. Create in me a clean and a pure heart, O God. If you study this passage of Scripture, David's life had got off track. And he said, create in me a, a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your, here it is, do not cast me from your presence, O holy God. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy. Restore unto me your presence, God. Restore unto me the presence of God the Lord, and Lord, sustain me with a willing spirit. David was crying out to God for God to cleanse him from sin and unrighteousness, that he could not live without the presence of God. King David knew the blessings of God came with the presence of God. David knew if he wanted the blessings of God on his life and on his family and as a nation, it only came through the presence of God. Listen to David in Psalms chapter 42 and 1 through 2 as he's going after God. He says, as a deer longs for the stream of cold water, David says, for I long for you, O God. I thirst for you, the living God. When can I go and worship, here it is, in your presence? Church, we need the presence of God to return back to our individual life. We need the presence of God to invade our lives. We need, we need God to, for our lives to be operate in the, operating excuse me, in the spirit and not 
of the flesh. We need to get sin out of our lives. We need to surrender to the obedience of Christ. And we need to lay down some things in our life. We need to let go of some things that is hindering us from walking with God. We need, to, we need God to cleanse our hearts. We, we truly need we truly need a fresh, Pastor John, a fresh encounter with God. How many of you like me and you say, Pastor, we're living in perilous times. We're living in troubled times right now. And what I need, I, I don't need more money. Oh, I could like to have more money. I, I don't need this or I don't need that. Truly what I need is an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Second of all, David said, I need, to be the, I need to bring the presence of God back into my family. If you study the life of King David at this time, King David's life was all jacked up. His family was all jacked up. If you study David's life in this period of time, you're, you're thinking, is this truly King David? Is this truly uh, King David's life and his family? And David said, i got to not only get the presence of God back in my individual life, I need the presence of God back into my family. David knew if his family was, 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 going, to get, was going to get straightened out that he had to have the presence of God back in. If his family was going to make it, stay together, end up walking after God, experience the blessings of God, experience the power of God. If his children were going to walk in the calling of God, David knew it was his responsibility to get the Ark of the Covenant back to the presence of God in his home. I know this is Father's Day men, but it didn't say that David and his wives, you knew David had wives. It wasn't David and his wives. It wasn't David's wives that brought the Ark of the Covenant back. It was David and the troops that brought the Ark of the Covenant back. Men, I want to encourage you. Pray for your family. Pray for your grandkids. Pray for your family. Pray for your kids and your grandkids. Fast and pray for them like you've never prayed for them before inviting the presence of God back into our family. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 10 talks about this. David was not willing to take the ark of the covenant of the Lord with him to the city of David. This is Second Samuel chapter 6. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed Edom the Gittite. Now, on the way to Jerusalem. David stops the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, off at Obed-Edom, the Gittite's house. Listen to what happens. The Ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. Listen to the next words. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. The presence of God was in that house because the Ark of the Covenant was parked there. And the presence of God was not only with Dad, David. Not only with Dad and a few. The presence of God was in David's whole family. 
And we see at the house of Obed-Edom, the presence of God rested upon that entire household. And because the presence of God rested on that entire household, the blessings of God rested on that entire household. David said if God blesses uh, if God is going to bless Obed-Edom's children, I want it parked at my house, and I want it to be blessed. David said, if God's going to bless my children, I, wanna, I want my children blessed. David said, if, if God's going to bless his marriage, I want my marriage blessed. David said, if God's going to bless his grandkids, I want my grandkids blessed. I want the presence of God in my family. My whole family. I want the presence of God in my, my whole family. Lastly, King David knew that he had to bring the presence of God back to Jerusalem. If you study history, Jerusalem was not in a good shape at this time. And David knew that the presence of God had to be brought back to the city of David called Jerusalem. Verse 12 says, So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. David knew if he could get the presence of God back into the city, back into the town, back into, the, uh, uh, back into where uh, everyone was living there in Jerusalem, the segregation wouldn't be a problem. Uh, uh, David knew that the killing wouldn't be a problem. Killings wouldn't be a problem. David knew if he could get the Ark of the Covenant of the presence of God back in Jerusalem, the presence of God would change things around. Church, we need the presence of God in our, in our towns. We need them back in the city. And we need it back in the United States of America. I know what's going on now out through cities and towns, all this racism and all this black lives matter, as I keep saying, all lives matter. Uh, we are now the groups that are coming up promoting one world order. We, got, we, we just got so much going on in America. But America, if we'll bring the presence of God back in, I'm not going to give up on America. I'm not going to give up on America. I'm not going to throw the towel in on this great nation. And I refuse to watch America go down the slopey road of destruction. I've got to pray, and i got to fast, and i got to refuse to give up on this great nation. Listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, there is a lot of men that have lost their lives. There's a lot of men that are crippled today. There are a lot of men that they've had to put them in, uh, put them in homes where they, their minds have just been shattered because they have fought for the United States of this great country. And I refuse as a citizen of the United States of America just because all hell has broke loose, I refuse to throw in the towel on this great nation because 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their, listen, their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I refuse to give up on this great nation. God, bring your presence back to the United States of America. Bring revival back to our individual lives. Bring revival back to our family. And God, bring revival back to the United States of America. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I pray, corporately we pray, as America we pray, as individuals we pray, first of all, because there cannot go our family or there go our nation, lest first there go us. So corporately I know we can't gather at this altar, but God I'm asking you as individuals here and they may be watching by video. Someone said someone was watching them from the Philippines the other day. God, we say, create in us a clean heart, oh God. God, the Bible says those that are without sin, the Bible says we've all sinned. So God, create in me a clean heart. And second of all, God, my personal family I need your presence in my family not only my my precious daughter my wife but my mom and brother and sister and nephews and nieces and the rest of my family I need your presence in our life and last of all God would you please would you please show mercy and your grace to our country there's a lot of men, great men, that has fought for our country, that have lost their lives. There's a lot of great men that are on the battlefield and watching over our country right now. Please protect them. Please protect our police force, our natural guards. God, we need you. And we're crying out with supplication and weeping. You see, weeping may endure for the night, but your presence comes in the morning. And we long for your presence back into our life again. So corporately, we pray this prayer together. For if it's anyone here or by video that don't know Christ, we pray this prayer. Let's all, church, pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. Clean my heart. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, it's beautiful. I confess all of my sins. Wash me in your blood, Lord, and cleanse me. And I'll live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. If you're watching by video, thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And may his face shine upon you and keep you in his will. God bless you, church. Let's respect each other as we leave. I love you. And may the Lord be with you this Father's Day.